Thanks for tuning in to MANA, a short daily meditation to feed hungry souls with God's Word. These episodes were prepared by ordained ministers for a radio broadcast called Voice of the Church and are now republished by the Reformed Perspective Foundation, a Canadian charity that applies biblical truth to the issues of our time. Here's today's serving. Well, welcome back, listener, to our next meditation here at Voice of the Church. Today we'll be considering our first motivation for Christian love. And for that, we'll turn to 1 John chapter 4, verse 7 through 12. This is what God's Word says. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only Son into the world so that we might live through him. And this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us, and his love is perfected in us. First John chapter 4 is a familiar place in the Bible for both Christians and non-Christians alike, because in this section we read those wonderful and well-known words, God is love. It's a beautiful phrase. It's an important phrase. It's also sometimes a misunderstood phrase. But this phrase, God is love, is part of love's foundation. God is the supreme being of love who defines love for us and is worthy of all of our love. For John, the love of God is also a very practical reality for believers. John here shows us how the love of God motivates us in our love for one another. In this series, we'll consider three reasons why we are to love, and the first reason here is because of who God is. Like a good teacher or preacher, John repeats one of his key themes of this letter, to love one another. But every time he does that, he gives us new information and motivation to consider. And first he says here, We are to love one another because whoever loves has been born of God. That phrase, born of God, is a key phrase in John that speaks of someone who has been made supernaturally alive by the Holy Spirit. See, the work of the Holy Spirit in a person's life produces new actions. Those born of God believe in Jesus, 1 John 5 verse 1. Those who are born of God practice righteousness, 1 John 2, verse 29. And here in our text, those who are born of God love other people. It's important to note the order. Those born of God precede these actions. In other words, you don't obey to try to get new life, but you believe and walk in holiness because you have received new life from God. And according to John, one of the greatest evidences that someone knows God truly and has spent time in his presence is that they are a P-person. According to John, one of the greatest evidences that someone knows God and has spent time in his presence is that they are people who love. Recently, we got to visit our family in California, 
And when we were there, we got to visit the Santa Cruz Beach Boardwalk. And at that amusement park was the log ride. The log ride is a water ride that you could go on and you could go through various twists and turns and rapids and drops all throughout the ride. And needless to say, you get pretty wet. And so as you approach the log ride, there's lots of warning signs that say, you will get wet on this ride. And you can tell the people who are on the log ride because they walk away from it, usually drenched from head to toe with water. Well, John here says, you can tell those people who have truly experienced God and have spent time in his presence because they are a people who drip with love. The love of God exudes from those who are born of God. On the contrary, John says, those who don't love God show that they don't actually know him. In John's day, these people were religious. They even claimed a special knowledge about God and were very influential in society. But John says if they don't actually have love for fellow image bearers, then they are really not of God. In 1 John 2 verse 11, he says, Whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in darkness, and he does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. Again, this was a problem in the church in John's day. A people claimed that what mattered was not loving people in practical ways, but just having a private experience of God. And John reminds us here, the true test of a Christian is not being able to pass a theological test, but it's shown in how much we love brothers and sisters in Christ. Well, the question is, why do Christians drip with love? And according to John, it's because of who God is. Christians reflect the character of God himself. In verse 8, John says those words, God is love. What does this mean? I want to highlight two things. First, this means that the one true God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, has eternally been love in his very being. The Father loves the Son. The Son loves the Father. And the Spirit binds them together in perfect love. If God were not triune, that is, one in essence, three in persons, then we could not actually say that God is love. We could only say that God is loving. In Islam, Allah is said to be a loving God, but he cannot be love in the same way as the Christian God. Since Allah is only one person, how could he be love in himself before the world was created? Who would there be to love? We could only say that he has the capacity to love. But the Christian God revealed in the scriptures has eternally expressed love in himself even before the world was created. Jesus said to his father in John 17, verse 24, You loved me before the foundation of the world. This is an eternal and everlasting love. Second, this phrase, God is love, means that God's character grounds our behavior as Christians. The scriptures say in other places that God is holy, therefore we are to be holy. The scriptures say that God is morally perfect, and so we are called to be perfect like our Father. The scriptures say God is merciful, and so we are to be merciful. We're reminded that God's commandments are not arbitrary, 
but they flow from his character. In other words, all that God commands, he commands in love. All that God does in this world, he does in love. Even things like his discipline or the trials that he sends upon us flow from his love. All that he does, he does in holiness, in righteousness, and in love. And so we can know that what God calls us to do is good for us, even when it's hard for us to want to obey. There's a Christian woman by the name of Jackie Hill Perry. She's a well-known poet and writer. And she's also a Christian believer who is formerly a lesbian. She wrote a book about her story called Gay Girl, Good God. And in one part of the book, she's very honest about her struggle to end a relationship with her girlfriend when God was calling her to faith. And she writes this in her book. Why would God keep this relationship from me? I thought, wasn't he love? On the other hand, if he was love, the embodiment of it without the slightest wrinkle in his robe, what love is when devils cannot interfere, then all other loves must be a lesser love at best. Could it be that God would not have me going about the rest of my life believing that these lesser forms of love were the real thing? Well, dear listener, we don't have to be same-sex attracted, perhaps, to see that all of the loves inside of us are disordered at times. There are things in our own life where we ask the same question, why would God keep this from me? Maybe that's a job promotion. Maybe that's a sense of recognition or respect. Maybe it's a particular relationship that feels so natural to want. But when God summons us to the path of self-denial, we can trust his word is good for us because it flows from a God who is love. And so we are free by his grace, not simply to do as we please, but as Jackie Hill Perry puts it, we are free to do what is pleasing in his sight. And so why ought we to love God and follow his standard of love? Because of who he is. Ephesians 5 verse 1, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love. Before we came into contact with God, we imitated the patterns of this fallen world. We were marked by hatred, division, discord, and fighting. But that is not what marks the people of God today. We sometimes might naturally butt heads even within the church. Maybe we come from different ethnic backgrounds or political convictions. But John here reminds us the love of God is what grounds our behavior toward one another. And so may we remember that even today, that God is love, and we are to be imitators of his most blessed character. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. May the Lord bless you and continue to help you by his grace to love more like him. 